Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we are joined by a special guest, fellow Williams clan member, Rob. Say hi, Rob. Hi, everybody. Rob hi. was kind enough to stop at a brewery for us on his way out here to visit from Ohio. Yeah, he stopped at Brew 32 of uh, Pulaski, Pennsylvania, which as he um, explains to me, it is just outside of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, about uh, five minutes northwest of the border of Ohio, which really doesn't put it much close to anything, <laughs> but uh, That's okay. it's got some pretty nice beer in it, so there you go. So if you get lost, you at least have a place to stop and drink some beers. That sounds like a plan for me. Those are the good places um, so what are the three beers that we have here today, guys? We've got their Shaun of the Shred, their, uh, Gordy Jalapeno Mango, and their Larry Birdbun Porter. Okay. They, they're big on the names. I dig the names. Yeah, they're definitely, there's a, there's a clear sports theme going throughout everything, and, uh, we've got these really cool 32, uh, what are these? 32-ounce growlers. Yeah. That look like an oversized 22, like they just look like they have, you know, a 30... They look like a 22 bottle that had the freshman 15 put on. Um, they're just a little wider around the middle. <laughs> but killer they're really top. cool and they're flip top. Yeah, so that, that, that's the key is the flip top. Yeah, that makes everything a little bit better. Um, so the uh, Shaun of the Shred is the first one that we're starting with. And what's uh, what kind of beer is this? What do we have? Mark, you have the intel on this, right? Yeah, so I did the homework not to make my brother do homework for my podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, he brought the beer, so we can't complain too loud. Yeah, I'm, so Shaun of the Shred is a wheat beer. It's 6.3%. ABV. It's got 10.2 IBUs, and it's a seasonal wheat beer shandy with uh, cranberry and ginger in it. Ooh, well, smell the ginger. It's got a little bit of. It's a kind of like a dark gold color. A little cloudy. A little yeah. bit of cloudy. Yeah, yeah, but that's a that's yeah. wheat. It's going to happen then uh, either way. There. Now, shandy is one of those fl- uh, phrases I hear thrown about a lot, and every time I hear it, I always think of uh, the lining kugel guys. Yeah, uh, this is uh, what 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 is a sh- Mark? Do you know specifically, or any of you guys that know specifically what a shandy style is? Like so by definition, the the traditional shandy style, and I'm stepping on your toes, Mark, because I know you tend to do this. No, but, that's uh, fine. Uh, that's okay, you, you brought the beer. It's you uh, kind of a, a mix of of beer and tea or lemonade, whatever was kind of laying around, so that okay. the beer got spread out further. And it's traditionally something that you gave to people working in hot summer months. Okay, I mean, when I like I said, I was, I usually think of the uh, the summer shandy from Lion Kugel when I hear shandy, and it's basically lemonade and beer. Yeah, and so, uh, that makes sense. Spread it, spread it, stretch it out a little bit, thin it out so that you're not getting tanked when you're out sweating all day. I have and, to uh, say, um, make it a I'm not a fan of the Lion Kugel. This uh, this is what you drink to make Lion Kugel. When you piss it out, that's that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even taken a sip yet, so let me try. Yeah, I get a uh, really strong ginger fl- uh, ginger flavor, ginger nose. I haven't tasted it yeah, yet. Yeah, it's almost but, uh, like gingerbread on top. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's crazy. I, the The color is really inviting to me too. It it's almost screams like this is going to be a little bit fruity. But uh, it uh, let's see if it delivers. Mark, what did you this, get to taste it? I did taste it, and it's quite nice. Uh, I get cranberry. I get a little bit of warmth from ginger, and it's it got some tartness. And uh, yeah, to me, it almost tastes like kind of flattened ginger ale like like just like ginger ale you know your normal seagram's ginger ale just a little bit flatter maybe mixed with a little bit of uh you know your normal beer flavor but 
This is really good. It's got that nice sweetness there. It's... Yeah, the uh, the ginger doesn't. The ginger aroma was a little off putting to me. I don't like ginger a lot, but the flavor of it is a lot smoother than the than the nose. It has know. a nice ginger bite that uh, ginger ale does not generally have. It's um, really well balanced overall. Like uh, there's there's no one flavor that outcompetes the other in this one. Yeah, yeah, I... it's a really good hot weather beer. Yeah, I think the uh, the cranberry balances out the ginger, you know, gives it that sweetness to cut through the little bit of bite that you get from ginger, but this is really tasty, and I think for me, um, I'll get the rating started if you guys don't mind. I'm going to give this one a bomber. Um, I want to drink, yeah, probably two probably two of these, and if it's hot out, I might drink a couple more of them, but these are, this seems ready to go for me. I like this. I'm going to go with the bomber as well, just because uh, the... 32-inch squiddler is not in our rating system. And I know that Justin... My eye is twitching. Yeah, (laughs) his eyes start twitching when we try to go off the scale. So, bomber for me. Um, This is a little bit between a uh, a pint and a bomber for me, but I'm going to go bomber. I like it. I definitely like it more than a pint. So we're going to go step up to the 22-ounce category. I might drink another beer in between the two, but I think I'll have two. How about you, Rob? Um, this place has a whole lot that they rotate through. Um, as far as all of these go, honestly, I'd go with a a pint, but, uh, it's still one of the better ones on the menu. Now, do they make other ones in in the similar style that you've seen? This is the only Shandy that I've seen on the menu. I've been there twice, two different seasons. Okay. So, um, I'm sure that changes, but, uh... Now, as I understand it, you know a little bit of the backstory of this place, too, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting backstory. Um, it was a winery, and uh, they homebrewed. That's a good side project for a winery. I mean, hopefully you got the space. You've already got some a uh, little bit of room to store some beers. And uh, what they found was people really liked the homebrew, so they expanded and started brewing kind of full-time as well. So now it's a two-story building on the side of an old swimming hole and the bottom okay. floor is the winery where they do the um, really really hipstery kind of open mic night things and you can go upstairs and avoid that you got it kevin that's right and uh get some decent brews some decent food and uh just kind of relax look over a lake yeah you were saying they had uh some, some nice flatbread they do they do now what do they make those like pizzas flatbread pizza or are they just uh, sort of the flatbread with uh sort of topping um you could get either or there. Um, some of it, uh, they have a really traditional pizza-like pepperoni flatbread, and then okay. they do all sorts of different chicken combinations. And I mean, if you're in that area, go check it out. No, that sounds good to me. All right, Mark, what uh, what are the stats for the next beer? I took a little whiff, so I have an idea of what we're into right now. Yeah, so we're moving on to the Gordy How Lapeño Mango. Ooh, the, as soon as you mm-hmm. get a whiff, you smell jalapeno. Yeah, yeah this it smells is, like you just open up the. Yeah. If you ever use canned jalapenos or you just chopped up a bunch, like that's exactly what it smells like. It's this is. It, but it's that yeah. fresh scent to it. Sorry, Ooh. it's just so startling. We I had to I had to discuss it. I I I, uh, I was I, I'm not scared of heat, as most of the listeners should know. But yeah. the uh, the nose was pretty powerful. What are the what's the ABV? I mean, I'm sorry, I interrupted Mark. I got scared. So up. it's five point two percent. ABV and it this has got uh, 30.4 IBUs in it and it's about the same color as the Shandy but it is uh, much clearer than the Shandy. Yeah, un- unlike the Shandy, you can actually see your finger through the other side of the glass. Yeah. So, 
So, and uh, their their flavor text for this one is a chili beer with strong jalapeno pepper flavors, and the the mango flavor is smooth at the finish. I will give you the strong jalapeno flavor, but I'm not picking up a lot of the mango to kind of even it out there. Um, it's not the pepperiness of it. Um, has that little bit of spice there, but I'm not getting the sweet to balance it out. So I've had this one twice now. And the first time I had it, the mango flavor was much stronger than it is in this batch. Um, you know, doing your own thing and, and brewing it yourself and right. being on that edge of the um, experimental kind of flavor, you're going to run into some real disparity depending on the strength of your ingredients. Yeah, I um I enjoy it. The the nose was a little not frightening to me in heat wise, but I was worried that the the green jalapeno would be like way overwhelming. Yeah. And while I definitely don't taste the mango either, yeah, I really like jalapenos a lot, and I so I enjoy this as specifically a jalapeno beer, even if I don't get the mango. I can understand where you're going with that one. Um, to me, it kind of has that feeling. Like, you know how when you get a Goza and you know it's going to be a little salty and it's okay that you have that salty flavor in there and you enjoy it for that? To me, this beer is kind of the same way, but with the jalapeno flavor. It's it's not overwhelming. As I breathe, after I've had a couple sips, I, taste, I still kind of feel it, like, in the back of my uh, throat a little bit. But it's tasty. It's not to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I need to, you know, get me the gallon of water to flush it all out. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Marco, right ahead. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, I get a lot of jalapeno flavor, but I don't get very much pecan. Yeah, it's actually like the the flavor of the jalapeno, and for those that of you that aren't very much into peppers, um, there are really, really differences in the flavor itself, not just the heat. Yeah, like, I, I don't get a lot of heat out of this. I taste jalapeno, but I don't get the heat that I generally associate with jalapeno. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just enough for me. And I have a high tolerance where I, I feel it while I'm drinking it. It doesn't linger for me. I don't necessarily get the feeling in the back of my throat. But I, I it's I think the best I mean jalapeno beer I've had. I, I haven't enjoyed a lot of um one, beers made with jalapeno because of the sharpness you can get, especially yeah. from the green ones. Yeah, it's a little it's a little sharp, but it's not unpleasant. And I think and uh, gonna dive into the brewing voc the uh, beer tasting vocabulary and throw out the retro nasal. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. There, I can give you that. And yes. that, I think that's the word that I was looking for before. And um, that, that's that flavor at the end of the sip. Yeah, and, and I enjoy that part quite a bit. Yeah. I, I really think that, uh, you know, again, I'm uh, for me, I'm not an enormous mango fan. Although, again, it's probably going to be the sweetness to balance it out. Right. But, so I'm almost happy it's not there. I like okay. it. I like it as a jalapeno beer. Uh, I'm going to rate it as... Uh, Tough to rate because I don't because of the greenness of the jalapeno. I don't know how many how many I could drink. Right, but I'm probably gonna gonna go to bomber. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm gonna say it's a pint, and just because I think it's an interesting flavor, I enjoyed it. I could definitely drink more than the sample that we had, but I don't think I'm gonna want more than that. I'm gonna say okay, this is kind of an interesting experience, and um, maybe use it as a replacement to a. Uh, to an IPA in a in a flight might be a kind of interesting way to look at it, but uh, for me that's all I'm looking at just just one pint. It's going to be a pint for me as well. Uh, not that I dislike it at all, but with the lack of warmth from the capsaicin, it's just not what I'm looking for in a chili beer. So 
one is good, and then I want to try something else. That makes sense. How about you, Rob? Uh, it's a bomber for me. I, I'm a big fan of, of pepper beers in general. Um, not necessarily jalapeno. There's uh, been some really good habanero beers that I've had over, over the years. Um, so I'm going to say definitely a bomber. Being a fan of pepper beers, I'm curious. I'm a huge heat fan. I love eating like ridiculously hot things to punish myself for, for things that I don't even know that I did. Just don't touch yourself when you pick them. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thai, Thai chilies in your pee hole don't work, guys. <laughs> you um, know, that's, that, that's, that's a story, I'm sure. But That yeah, wasn't from picking, that was know. from making a hot sauce, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or no, no, that was after he dried them and oh, he was yeah. crumbling them up into flakes. Yeah. Listen, they, yeah. again, we don't need the backstory. Um, what happens behind closed doors, we can, we can leave it there. So <laughs> my curiosity is, if someone were to make a ghost chili beer, would you try it? I would absolutely try. Okay, well, later this summer, coming later this summer, will be a ghost chili beer. Well, we did drink the ghost face killer, which is yes, we did. Which was I totally made a habanero kolsch, and and it was an interesting flavor combination. And I'm planning on doing it again because it 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 worked. Okay, I I made a peach habanero kolsch this birth of my daughter, and I'm planning to brew it again for the birth of my second child. Oh, I I mean, I want that beer again. Don't get me wrong, but I was really wondering what you were going to do. Um, if you were going to do something different for the second one. No, I think I'm going to do the same peach habanero. Is it like George Foreman? You had to give all your kids the, the same brew? Like it said, it's like the middle name? Listen, he's not calling them all George, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just wait. <laughs> At some point when he just starts mumbling their name, hey, George, you're George, come here. <laughs> now here's a question, just a general brewing question. Um, do you think that the majority of the time that people brew with chilies that they put like the ribs and the stems in? Or do you think they trim out the uh, the ribs and the stems? And for the, those who are listening who don't know what I'm talking about, I highly, that's where the heat is. Yeah, I highly doubt that many brewers are removing the seeds and the ribs from the chilies before adding to the beer. They might cut the stems off, but otherwise I think they're just throwing them in. Okay. I'm going to say in, in, in the beer we just had that there's a really good chance that they did do that removal because yeah, the is I mean, not there. That's fair for yeah. the uh the However, I don't. jalapeno. I'm not gonna lie. I mean for me I would I mean the way I would do it I would probably just uh you know just quarter you know just quarter whatever chili I was using, chuck the stem and throw it in there and probably in like a little sachet just so it'd be easier to remove. But um just for surface area I would think you would you know probably want to cut them open a little bit. Yeah, I plan on doing a tincture like uh, Mark made for when we did the sour. Right. But um, yeah, I want to put the, I want that heat. I want because I, yeah. we always bring up the hop my my passion the hot burning love. I mean, come, right. on, come on, where's Barry, the heat, Barrier, We need to uh, we need to resurrect that one. But uh, <laughs> I was just wondering for my for myself exactly how most brewers handle it. That's an that's a that's an interesting one, and I I don't really have, I don't have an answer. And that's something that if anybody's listening and you have an answer and you know you brewed and how have you done it, let us know. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, so beer number three is significantly darker than the last two. Mark, what's the beer number three here? This is the Larry Birdman Porter, which is one of their seasonals. And that is about the extent of the information that I can tell you. No ABV, nothing else in it? I could not find any other information. So having been there, I believe, and if I am wrong here please forgive me uh brew 32 but i believe it was a six and a half okay um and uh, this is actually one of my favorite beers there the, the nose on this mark will know right away i don't know if it's cinnamon it's something a little sweet i get 
like cinnamon and chocolate. Yeah, yeah definitely chocolate on this. Oh one. my god. This... But it's but it's more it's more along it's not the um it's not the cocoa nib chocolate. It's almost like um almost like Hershey's the, like kind Hershey, of like sniffing a like, Hershey's like, bar. Like Hershey's yeah. syrup. Like if you if you you know, if you you know I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but at the end of the jar of Hershey syrup, like when there's nothing left that you can squeeze out, you kind of use it as a suction cup to suck up a little bit of the milk out of your glass and shake it up, and then you have like really super concentrated chocolate syrup, chocolate milk. I was a fat kid. Just, hey, hey, that, nobody's that, gonna get that. Was just how you had to do it, and then you would, of course, squirt it into your mouth like it was a water bottle, and you're on the sidelines of an NFL game. And, right, exactly. But it's chocolate. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm the best twenty percent fat, twenty percent body fat quarterback in the world. Who was that guy? That you, there was a guy that was on the Giants. He was the backup for a couple of years, and he was like this huge motherfucker. He looked like he should have been on the line, but his whole job was just to get in there and like in in garbage time and just bomb it down the field. I have no idea. I just know that reminds me of the Penn State quarterback from, uh, not quarterback, Penn State uh, kicker from last year who just dropped hits on people on kickoff <laughs> returns. He was seriously like 260. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I gotta, I'm got. i going to have to look up this guy's name, but he was definitely the backup quarterback for the Giants for like three years and he was just this big old dude. Looked like he should have been playing line and would come in and just every, everything was a go route. That was it. <laughs> All right, Mark. You've uh, you've sampled this, and uh, you know. No, I've really uh, just been sniffing. Yeah, I know. But isn't the smell really interesting? The smell. I'm is trying to figure out. It, it's awaking things in my memory, but I'm trying to pinpoint <laughs> exactly what it's. Where were you? Where, where were you? Where were you when they touched you? So Pour it, it down your throat, show, bowl, Mark. Show, show us on the doll, Mark. Show us on the doll. My initial reaction was like a candy store that used to be in the Smith Haven Mall. <laughs> Wow. That's... You know what? I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I wasn't in the Smith Haven Mall ever as a child, so I, I can't, I can't I, help you. And, and bonbons. Hmm. Yes. That's what, I, the bonbons. that's what this reminds me of in um, the nose. Well, we used to no get the bonbons at that candy store, so I know what you're right. talking about. It's definitely milk chocolate, not oh, like yeah. Yeah. not dark chocolate like you normally get, but it's, it's got only that very faintest hint of roast that you associate, you know, to porters and stouts and mint, but it really just tastes like chocolate syrup. It tastes like chocolate milk. It's yeah. Not, that's, really, yeah like, so, that's all I'm getting is chocolate milk from this. this is, and, and tell me it's a bad thing. No, I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> thing at all. It's super smooth. It's uh, about the smoothest I've ever had of, you know, this style. So, I don't know how much you guys have done this in the past, but when I was in college, we used to always do the, uh, the Irish car bomb. You take the, uh, the Irish whiskey and the Irish cream in a shot glass and dump it into a half pint of Guinness. And then, I you, that would work with and then you slam it to, and it, as you're drinking it, you got to drink it fast because otherwise it kind of curdles, but you slam it down and it basically tastes like a chocolate milkshake. And that's kind of what's going on here. Like, I feel you could do that with this and it'd be really tasty. I only know Jager bumps. Yeah. Wow, Jager. I wouldn't strike you for a Jager, Jager bomb bumps. guy. Oh, oh Mark. No, no, he knows Mark that. It's uh, Jager time. He definitely really. Did. Wow. It, there was next, a point in time where that lived in his freezer. Uh, next next wedding, buddy. Jaeger bombs? Jaeger yeah. bombs. Jaeger bombs. Could you imagine if we were going to the, uh, the oh, our friend's uh, wedding in Costa Rica and we were doing Jaeger bombs in Costa Rica? Oh, we wouldn't come back alive. Yeah, you're not allowed back in the country, by the way. 
Um, so this back, really back to the beer, it's, it's very good. Um, it, actually, the flavor for me, I get a bunch of cinnamon in it, and it reminds there is some me. background cinnamon. It reminds yeah. me of the the beer we had at Super Bowl from Ballast Point, the Commodore with the raisins and the cinnamon. It didn't have the chocolate notes, to right? It, but the, the the cinnamon kind of uh, sting, for lack of a better yeah. word, is a little overpowering for me, and it kind of kills the the milk chocolate vibe. To me, the cinnamon sting kind of replaces what would be the the counterpoint of a hop um, yeah, to, the, to the flavor profile for me. On this one, compared to your more traditional ones, the cinnamon kind of hits you more than the, um, for lack of a better way to put it, the burnt taste that you normally get in this style of beer. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah that, that, roasted fla- that roasted flavor. Um, I understand. I get exactly what you're saying there, Rob. Um, but for me, I think it's a really well-balanced beer in that you get that sweetness it's nice um i probably would go more this as cold weather beer as opposed to warm weather beer you know like winter time i'm drinking this but also this might be a really good dessert you know have this instead of dessert or the uh the classic uh, beer milkshake you can make with uh with this as well and be really happy yeah i i think that's a a really good uh option and the dessert thing didn't kind of come into my mind because I'm, I'm always going to eat the dessert too right but maybe that's my new diet maybe i have the beer instead of the dessert rather right. than the dessert and the beer yeah. well i mean if i was having a big meat if i was having a big meal where i'm having a couple different beers and someone actually wanted to kind of pair them with it i think you could go and have maybe a more savory dessert and pair or a fruit-based dessert and pair this beer with it and I think it'd go pretty well. I don't know. You could slap this down with a piece of chocolate cake, and you know, I'm not a cake guy, but I'm I'd not, slam see, that. I like chocolate, but chocolate on top of chocolate, like that's my wife's thing. That's not me. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do like the the chocolate wall at PF Chang's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have I, no idea what you're talking about, dude. It is a it is a piece of cake. I I shit you not. It is it like it's, it's probably close a to a foot tall. Yeah, it's and it's a slice of cake. It's it's you know thinly wedged, so you don't get quite as much as you think you're getting. Cheapos. But it's 14 feet tall. Yeah, it's, Come on, it's, it's hey, gigantic. Cheapos. They totally ruin it, though, by putting raspberry sauce on it. Because adding raspberry sauce to chocolate is the worst thing you can do. No, adding orange to chocolate is the worst thing you can well, do. Well, all right, that's because really? you hate you orange. Guys hate that? You guys hate orange and raspberry and chocolate? I yes. hate the raspberry. Hate I love it. fruit and chocolate. Like I like fruit and chocolate. I hate that thick, no. thick raspberry Raspberry combo. and chocolate is fine. Oh. Orange and chocolate... Is a disaster. Dude, I'm or- getting. I'm getting you like four of those or- chocolate <laughs> oranges. For That's Christmas. fine. My wife will eat them. I will never touch them. <laughs> no, no. I'm but getting see, them just for you. Orange. And- <laughs> have you guys ever had those Lupin cookies? It's like chocolate and raspberry and that. that have like, I wafer. had them, dude? I sell them. Okay. All there the time. <laughs> They're delicious. You hate orange and everything, though. I like raspberries. I don't like when they distill really any fruit down to that like gross syrup. It's just too much, which is coming from me. I'm the fattest person here. And the thing with a ton of, a ton of sugar in it, I'm like, nah, I don't want that. I just want the pure, unadulterated chocolate. But I still can only eat, like, five spoonfuls of that cake because it's chocolate on chocolate right. on chocolate. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm done. Throw this beer in it, though, and I might be able to wash it down with that and then just keep eating it. Yeah, there you go. So now we found both my diet and the way that I'm going to put myself in the hospital. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, sir. Yes. So, Rob, why don't you get us started uh, for a rating on this one? So, this one, to me, is is definitely a growler. Um, I like the darker beers. Right. Um, and uh, I could sit down and sit by the fire or, you know, fireplace and just mm. go to town on this. Yeah, I, I'm going to second. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second you with a sit by the fire and drink this beer. 
for me, it's going to be a bomber. Um, I think it's just a, the sweetness might kind of pile up a little bit for me, but I'm still really going to enjoy it and definitely be a good dessert beer, in my opinion. This is definitely growler for me as well. I easily drink my way through a growler of this, and then, I mean, then it's going to be, you know, sleepy time, but I'll be quite content. <laughs> I mean, all that being said, I'm after this, I'm going to pour myself out a little bit more of this and still have more than the sample that we had. But yeah, sleepy time sounds good too. <laughs> um, I would like a bomber of this. I'm going to rate it a bomber. That being said, I would buy a growler of it, and this is why. That Commodore that I brought up earlier when we first tasted the Super Bowl was overwhelming cinnamon, and it was not good at all. And it was gross. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, this isn't gross. It just sort of reminds me of it. But I had that in, I've had that in my refrigerator since then, and recently opened a, uh, a bottle at a bottle share to give a whole bunch of people this beer that I don't like to see what they think. And they're all like, this is amazing. And so I poured myself some, and it changed entirely and balanced even more. So I'd be really curious to what this would do in three or four months in a fridge at exactly 55 degrees. Exactly. Yeah, I could, see, I could see this aging well. I could see this uh, definitely aging well. And maybe put it on some kind of wood and let it hang out for a little while too. Might be might create some interesting... Uh, you know, concoctions with it. Add some vanilla tones to the chocolate. And yeah. Cinnamon. Oh man, that'd that would be good. That would actually that would make work a really. If you're listening, Brew Thirty Two, we should do a collaboration. Just throw it on some wood, and then just call it the yeah. Beer Tastic Voyage version. Yeah, version put, yeah put it on some put it on some oak to get some of that vanilla flavor, and I think you're going to be just right there. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to mark down Brew Thirty Two as like a uh, secret weapon rest stop if I ever finally get on the road to uh, driving all over the country. Um, I'm going to put them down. I might stop in for lunch and have a couple pints. Well, I'll throw out there the fact that I have extra rooms and people are always welcome. Okay. And uh, it's uh, 15 minutes from my house. Hey, that is convenient. Well, um, you guys got any other uh, last comments for Brew 32? Anything else we got to share about them? Not about Brew 32. I was wondering if Mark wanted to talk about our experience getting our beers judged. Yeah, um, if there are any, Hold on, we got a phone. We got a phone call. If there are any <laughs> invasion, run, run. <laughs> if we have any uh, experienced beer judges listening to the podcast, hit us up uh, with an email or uh, direct messages on on the social media because I'm looking for some experienced feedback for our sour chili blueberry beer. Because I'm not quite happy with feedback we got with a recent homebrew competition where uh, the comments was that it smelled like a buffalo wing. Yeah, I, I, um, I've had a couple of other people taste it, and um, some people, a couple of them said that they could see that, but it didn't seem like they would give that feedback. I mean, they're not, nowhere near experienced judges, so um, you know, if anybody out there is listening and you are an experienced judge, it would be nice to get... Uh, some info on it, um, especially if you're um, a sour, you know, you've judged sour beers before. And you know what malted pride does to a beer. So, <laughs> I mean, personally, if your beer smells like a buffalo wing, that's not a turnoff to me. So, um, not exactly what we're there. going for. I mean, for me, it's interesting that they, I mean, you know, I drank it with you guys and I don't get the, like, the overwhelming, like, I, I don't know, I didn't have that overwhelming spiciness scent to it, like in the nose or even in the taste, that would make me think buffalo wings. So I, I didn't get any spiciness from it. Again, know, it I'm, was I'm, only I'm like high. at the very finish of the beer that I remember having like uh, 
the spiciness really starting to, to show up and whether that was from building up from a couple different sips of it or just that it had settled kind of to the bottom of the glass but I did notice I'm surprised towards, to, towards the, the end of the bottle. Buffalo, I'm, I'm surprised like Buffalo Wing was what they came up with. I don't know. That, yeah. that just seems odd to me. You know, I've uh, had a number of brews that my brother's made and none that you've had yet, Justin. But yeah. uh, it's never been one particular smell or flavor profile that's overwhelmed any of them. I kind of want wings now. I do want, I do want wings. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so we, both Mark and I submitted, uh, we submitted the... Blueberry chili sour that we that uh, we collaborated on, and I submitted my second ever brew of an oatmeal stout, which I knew had some uh, um, we'll call it malformations <laughs> in the recipe. Had I knew the, uh, what was the feedback for the? Uh, I I got some great feedback, so I had sort of the opposite experience. Uh, it was too thin, which it definitely was. It was not okay, nearly yeah. thick enough to be an to to be you know really an oatmeal stout, and um, it had uh, a little too much astringency, which is probably just too much of the roasted. Uh, Roasted barley thrown in there. Okay. Um, a lot of the stuff that I already knew, but it was nice to know that even this early on for me, I could recognize some of the issues. Hey, yeah. Hey, yes, I was right when recognizing that. I wasn't just making it up or being paranoid, like, this is what I think is wrong. Right, and the best part for me on my side was that they actually give constructive feedback in terms of how... They don't know what the recipe is, but they gave me ideas of how what I could okay. add to it to That's sort of good. mellow it out, which was nice. But well, I did something interesting. I went and got... Uh, Samuel Smith's uh, Organic Oatmeal Stout. That's a good beer. Which is listed on the BJCP guidelines as one of the like beers to Style standard. examples. You know, actually, I don't know if I've had the the organic version. I've I had think the, it's the only one they make. No, they have a regular one. Oh, yeah? And I've had that oh, one okay. numerous times and been at restaurants and seen that one and been like, yes, I'm drinking that beer. See, that's one of the ones that I've actually drank in a supermarket walking around in Pennsylvania. So hey, there uh, you go. It's, it's, it's a class act. <laughs> the, the the organic one or the regular one? The organic one. Okay, see, I haven't had the organic one. I want to try. I wonder if there's a difference. We might have to get the two of them and try it out. Well, that'd be interesting. I actually didn't know. I've only seen the organic one, so I don't. I, that's why I assumed that was the only one. But I could be wrong. But what I did was I tasted them next to each other. Right. Like you know, I kind of poured both into pint glasses, okay. and then after being in the same refrigerator, I tried to be as scientific as possible. There you go. It was really cool. It was really neat to taste them next to each other and go. Oh, I see the differences between the two, and now I just have to figure out a recipe change to make it taste more like that. But that's that's going to be my goal now. I'm going to be making oatmeal stout for competition. So my plan is to brew an oatmeal the oatmeal stout the next iteration every other brew. So okay. every other one that should give me enough time to give away and or drink the rest the, 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 the other four gallons. Have you finished the uh, the um, raspberry wit yet? No, I have like five or six bottles left. Because I know you, are, I know you have to work through that first before you're allowed to drink the. Oatmeal. No, this this is not like what I'm eating a meal and I have to eat my mashed potatoes and then eat the meat and eat everything <laughs> separately. And if anything touches, I get upset. How can you expect to have your pudding if you haven't eaten your meat? Exactly. This is totally true. Um, but uh, it, and honestly, if if anybody uh, chimes in for the sour, I'd be more than happy to you, send them anything else that I make yes, to get feedback. You behind the crepe stand. <laughs> <laughs> Stand still, laddie! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we've got Mark doing accents, and yeah. that means we've reached the end of the episode. Yeah, we have. We have. Mark, Mark killed it. Well, <laughs> cheers, everybody. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Beertastic Voyage, and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show, 
or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.